0: Locations lead many lives, but every change leaves its own traces, its own ghosts. This is Garth in the Lost Cabin. Join us as we explore the history of the arsenal. Save and, and hope. I'm and Black when I was young, one of the most exciting things in a child's life happened. A new mall opened. Oh sure, we had plenty of malls to pick and choose from, but this was a new mall. We'd never seen a new mall before. The old malls just wouldn't do it anymore. There was hype to be sure, but it lived up to the hype, at least from my perspective, Looking for a parking space took forever because it was crazy busy. Walking into the front entrance was like stepping into an elaborate temple. Everything seemed lit up by lasers. I didn't even know what half the stores were for, but they all looked shiny and cool. It was tiled. There were palm trees. The first place I noticed was a t-shirt shop that would press on offensive and crude images while you waited. One-hour photo kiosks electronics you name it if you were lucky you might see santa what can i get you for christmas at ann and hope a washer and dryer want a new graphite freshwater fishing rod i'd like to get some seat covers and a steering wheel cover i like a make and bake oven this week's christmas presents at our unbeatable prices are or at least a cabbage patch baby doll riot it was a near riot one woman broke her leg four others were hurt one store official armed himself with a baseball bat. Hold it, hold it, hold it. And within a matter of minutes, it was over. You did not get a cabbage patch doll this morning. No, I did not. How badly do you want one? Very, very badly. This is what all the fuss is about. Why are full-grown adults fighting over these? Well, here's one reason. I want to get it. It wasn't even about buying anything sometimes it was just about being in the middle of all that excitement light and sound you were cool just being there above all it had an orange julius i feel sorry for anyone who has never experienced an orange julius they were way ahead of their time orange julius was serving frothy blended fruit juices long before it was a thing They also had the best hot dogs. Sometimes I just wanted to go for Orange Julius. Sadly, Orange Julius no longer exists, but at the end of the show, I will tell you how you might be able to still get one. Anyway, this mall was the place to be, and if I couldn't get my father to take me, uh, my friends and I would pile onto a series of connecting buses and get there on our own. But beneath this gleaming new city of glass and neon, there was something mysterious and sinister. I could not help but notice every time we drove around the backside of the mall, there were large steel doors built into the grassy hillside that looked like something out of a science fiction movie. I asked my dad what those were and he said, they're blast doors, like a bomb shelter in case of a nuclear attack. Not exactly the answer I was hoping for. The idea that such a place existed within driving distance of where we lived was unnerving, to say the least. Yes, beneath the mall, there was something even stranger than Spencer Gifts. But what exactly was this uh, shiny shopping mall drawing your attention away from? What is the secret history? And in case you were curious, the blast doors are still there decades later. Everything you want for Christmas. So parked behind a uh, kind of rotting iron gate, there's a defunct uh, guard shack and I'm walking through a little wooded area that is really overgrown, but there is a path here and what I'm looking for is something that is dug into the side of the hill. and I have come to it, and it is this graffiti-covered, steel, heavy uh, door into, its, uh, into the side of the hill. And if you were looking at it, you would think it looks like some sort of uh, po- post-apocalyptic bomb shelter, which it may have actually been at one time. Uh, There's actually two of them here, and there may be more. There's lots of sort of decrepit security fences in the area as well. The mall was called the Arsenal. The Arsenal had many lives. After a couple of decades, the mall hit hard times as well as increased competition it turned into a dead mall not an abandoned mall where all the stores are empty but a mall that is mostly empty with only one or two stores which is honestly much creepier than an abandoned mall because it's open lit up relatively clean there are some people walking around but it's a hollow vacuous alien landscape that just does not seem right as if it was built for people who don't exist. The kids these days might refer to a place like this as the back rooms. However, this is not an episode about dead malls, which, don't get me wrong, is a fascinating subject. No, this is a story about what was and what is underneath this shopping center. The Arsenal Mall has since been reborn as Arsenal Yards and expanded a multi-building campus of stores, restaurants, and apartment buildings. It did not trigger any ideas as a kid when I heard that the mall was called the Arsenal because I knew that an Arsenal was a large store or supply house, but I also realized it could be a stockpile of weapons. So what was the real meaning of Arsenal when this place was built? words from lost massachusetts as found in my double set the new century dictionary copyright 1927. arsenal a dockyard a public establishment for the manufacture and storage of arms Ammunition, equipments, etc. for military and naval use. A magazine of arms and military stores. Any repository or collection of weapons. Arsenal. Its official name was Army Materials Technology Laboratory in Watertown. It was first established in 1816 along the Charles River and did not completely cease operations until 1995. For almost 200 years, this was America's premier military equipment research facility. It started as a small base that focused on munition storage and repair of artillery The expansion and use of this base increased drastically during the Civil War. The base commander at that time was responsible for developing an innovative cannon called the Rodman gun, named after its inventor, the base commander. It was innovative because it used a new casting technique that reduced the cracking of the cannon during operation. This was a big deal since one of the main problems with cannons historically is that the heat and pressure applied while firing damage them over time and they would often explode on their own operators. You can see examples of this cannon in front of the main building. Rodman was also responsible for the construction of the ornate commander's house which you can still see and he was removed from his post for this construction which was considered to be a waste of taxpayer dollars which is ironic since it's now considered a stunning piece of historical architecture. And then at the top of the hill, um, above the blast doors, there is an absolutely stunning 19th century house a- and immaculately maintained, um, gardens and landscape around it. This was the con- commander's quarters and we have next to it, we have a, uh, a cannon, uh, from the 19th century and there are several memorial plaques dedicated to the staff of this complex. Use of this facility for developing and maintaining artillery continued through the first and second world wars transforming the landscape into a sprawling maze of factories and machine shops. The size of the buildings at the arsenal was needed to accommodate the enormous seacoast cannons that were placed to defend the country from attacks. Even though it was an army installation, most of the people who worked there were civilians, and this became even more the case into the Cold War. At one point, the facility housed a nuclear reactor, Wait, what? Yes, this compound in the middle of a dense residential neighborhood five miles from downtown Boston and surrounded by major thoroughfares had a nuclear reactor. Hello, I'm John Finch, MIT science reporter. We're at the U.S. Army Materials Research Agency in Watertown, Massachusetts. Behind me is a large nuclear reactor, the first of its kind to be built by the U.S. Army. Since it was completed in 1960, it's been used by scientists not to produce power, but for research of a very special kind. This was the Horace Hardy Lester Reactor, AKA Building 100. Opened in 1960 was the first and only experimental nuclear reactor of its kind. The reactor was named for a Watertown native who developed a technique of testing metals for flaws using x-rays. This is exactly what the reactor was used for, testing integrity of artillery parts. The process involved literally dropping various materials into the reactor and observing how the neutrons reflected off the molecules in the material. An extremely simplified explanation of the physics involved. Guess what? All that research led to the production of the fancy consumer technology you could buy at the mall 20 years later it's from this controlled addition of traces of impurity to very pure materials that the whole realm of solid state electronics has arisen has made it possible to have such things as transistors transistor and diodes which have led to the whole area of improved small size circuitry and led to many improvements in military civilian Of course, it wasn't long after the opening of the reactor that uh, people started seeing UFOs over the facility. What? Yep. So, you don't need to go out to the desert to see flying objects over secure bases. You can do it right here in Massachusetts. As military technology changed, the massive capacity of the arsenal was no longer needed and pieces of the property were sold off to the local government and eventually used for the development of a shopping mall. Given the toxic nature of weapons development over the decades, the area was contaminated and became what is known as a Superfund site targeted for cleanup. Technically, it is a formerly-used defense site, or FUDS. Yes, that's a real term. In particular, this site was apparently used for controlled burns of depleted uranium. This place still has more secrets I can't fit into one episode. For example, there is a memorial to four unidentified soldiers who died in an explosion on the site. Let that sink in. As for where the secret tunnels lead, too much to explain right now. But hey, maybe someone will create a TV show about a secret military facility under a shopping mall. Anyway, beyond the shopping center and industrial history, there is a beautiful, quiet landscape to explore. Listen. Now I am uh, behind the commander's mansion and there is a delightful garden path back here with rows of trellises that you can walk through. It looks like there's a tent set up for an event, probably a wedding of some kind. This would be a fantastic place for a wedding or any kind of outdoor event. It's really, really gorgeous and the um, I'm under the trellis, and it's completely covered with uh, grapevines. And there are lots and lots of grapes hanging down through the trellis. This is really an interesting place. Directions to the Arsenal. The Arsenal is on, well, Arsenal Street in Watertown, Mass. The back road is Greenough Boulevard that runs along the Charles River and connects to North Beacon Street. If you go to the intersection of Beacon and Greeno, you will see the old guard shack entrance and the bunker blast doors, but you will have to drive in from the opposite side of the campus to park since there is no parking on these roads and the gate might be locked. It's on Arsenal Street. You'll see the building with the old sign saying U.S. Army Materials Technology Laboratory and the Rodman guns out front. The entire area really has several sections with distinct purposes, uses, and conditions. The mall shopping section is between Forge and Bond Street. This is the old mall as well as the newer Arsenal Yards. The more office-parky section is between Bond and Thornton Ave. As you get into these areas going down Kingsbury Street to Woolley Ave you might see uh, some of the more recently converted buildings or structures that are in process. Depending on where and when you go you may see decrepit factory buildings or vacant landscapes that have been demolished. The truly interesting stuff is in the back behind all the giant buildings down Hido Trez Circle. This is where the beautiful commander's mansion is. The grapevine trellis, the creepy bunkers, the rotting guard shack. On the other side, there is a newer playground and a baseball diamond. It's really one of those places that seems to go on forever. If you have time to wander around on foot or by bike, the bike trails in this part of Watertown and Brighton go right to the back area of the arsenal. Rather than explain where every object is or was, I will have a link to a great historically progressive map of the complex. Now for the most important part, Orange Julius. Orange Julius was purchased in 1987 by Dairy Queen. You can get all the classic Julius blends at participating Dairy Queens. They also sell hot dogs, so you can experience all the shopping mall glory of the old days. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us in our exploration. We hope to see you next time somewhere in the forgotten wasteland of lost Massachusetts. Hey, if you like the show for some reason, there are lots of ways you can join the fun or get a hold of us. You can message Lost Mass through the podcast apps on Anchor. There's a voice option. Or you can go to LostMassachusetts.com and subscribe to our blog. Or use the various methods there to contact us. If you go to LostMassachusetts.com, you can also sign up to get a postcard from a lost place. And find out where to send us a lost postcard too. Also go to Lost Massachusetts at uh, Instagram for photos and other details. We will do our best to respond to comments uh, directly uh, as well as within the show. You might hear um, your own comment. That's fun.